Welcome to the OWP. This is our wrestling podcast. This is Dave along with Jess, David, and Craig. <laughs> Bringing you our perspective on the world of professional wrestling. No inside sources, no ties to the industry, just stories from the diehards sharing opinions with you. And now on to our topic today, favorite enhancement talent or jobbers. Hit us up on Instagram at OWP2019. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Google Podcast. And don't forget, we are now part of the WrestleHub family, all about wrestling podcasts. Catch them at the WrestleHub on YouTube and Instagram. You guys ready to prelim this up? Let's do it. I'm excited about that. We got this topic this week. We usually get, get our topics kind of earlier on in the week, and I was super jazzed about this. We made a joke in our last podcast, and I think this... Um, kind of inspired it, but I think I'm very, this is a, a gen, a, a part of my childhood and we're going to explain this. Some people may not understand it. That's fine. You young kids get off my lawn, but I'm very excited for this topic and to go into so why they're I, important and why they're I the legends question they in the statement. The first question is, what was the joke? I don't remember the joke now. No, we, uh, we went through a little riff on our last episode about, um, name, name prelims. Oh, and the so, Yokozuna episode, yeah. And the, <laughs> you're yes, talking and he, about Yokozuna murdering prelims, which he did. Which he absolutely did. But I will but I will say, when it comes to prelim, enhancement talent, mid-carters, whatever you, whatever you want to call them, and we're going to try to see if they're the same or different here in a second, if you don't care about this, if you don't care about this part of wrestling, I don't think you're a real wrestling fan. I really don't. I, I know some people grew up in different parts of it, but there were enhancement talent even now. Those some of that enhancement talent has moved on off of WWF. It's the people that lose every week. That's who they are. And if, if you, don't you don't see care, that the yeah the lack of prelim slash enhancement talent now, if you don't see how it would help the product now, you also don't understand pro wrestling. I will say that out loud. It's it's desperate. Prelims we, we've are so enhancement talent and prelims yeah. are so important. So let's discuss that, right? Because we always uh, we were talking before we hit record, Craig and I, and we don't know where we got the word prelim from. We were saying the word prelim uh, back in like the early 90s when we would talk about, hey, did you watch the Warrior today? Yeah, he beat some prelim. Like we would say it all the time. <laughs> I want to say we saw it in like Pro Wrestling Illustrated or The Wrestler, those kind of magazines. And yeah. they said like, you know, they were just talking in an article, uh, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage beat a preliminary wrestler. And then afterwards, Ricky Steamboat came down and challenged him. So it was some some wordage that we saw. And we were just like, yeah, preliminary prelim. So I'm not saying we invented that term because it was used, you know, uh, industry wide. But I today, a lot of people call it enhancement talent because they feel calling those people prelims is disrespectful. I it's a term of endearment for me. Like, I don't think that's disrespectful at all. And some people and we can we can sell this debate right now for the episode's sake, say that, no, there is a difference. Enhancement talent is people like Coco Beware, Zack Ryder, uh, Dolph Ziggler. People like that. They might accidentally win titles along the way, but they're just mainly there to lose. But they beat prelim wrestlers. So there's a big difference. I don't I don't believe that. I'll turn it over to you guys in a second. But I don't believe that. I think that enhancement talent is just a nicer way of saying prelim. And over the years, we've gotten a little soft as a society. 
And I think a lot of people, whoa, whoa. they, I get, Everyone we all gets respect a trophy. the, we Jess, all you respect can't say the that, industry. Jess, you so can't. if I use, if I use the term prelim, I don't disrespect the industry. We all like wrestling. No, it's not about cause, that. Yeah. We all, obviously we like wrestling because the product today is terrible. So I, we respect wrestling because we still do a podcast to talk about it. So I, to me, enhancement talent and prelims are the same thing. They're the farmer uh, tan guys or even uh, not the farmer tan guys that you saw every Saturday that lost all the time. They never beat the big stars, in my opinion. What do you guys I, think? I, I think you got to simplify it a little bit, and I, which I believe you're doing. So I agree with you. I, I believe there are superstars. And then there's everybody else, right? And and that, and that is kind of where it's at. Superstar, right? Coco Beware was a superstar. Yeah, Coco Beware. He was superstar. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Well, he's a mid card. You think he's prelim? I I I I think Coco Beware. There's the kind of people that have never won a title. But then you. But then people want to argue about Jake the Snake. Not he's definitely not a mid carder. But I think Jake the Snake could be argued as a mid carder. But he still drew, right? But he wasn't. Those people weren't superstars. It's it's different. There's superstars and there's everyone else. You you can try to divvy it up however you want, but and there are some people that were superstars for a time. But you could argue that even Dolph Ziggler is wasn't a full time superstar his entire career. The majority of his career, his career has been beneath that. He's been underneath. And just so, to clarify, Dave, you're not saying how Vince McMahon refers to all wrestlers as superstars. When you refer to superstars, no. you're saying that top echelon of guys they are that the get to that echelon. level so and everyone else three, makes them and keeps them in their spots. You think there's superstars? Mid carters and prelims because you can't lump in prelims with mid carters because they're two different classifications in my opinion. You, you 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 could do that, but I if you look at it in a like wrestler's point of in view, other words, I don't think a, they they don't see a difference. Is what I'm trying to tell you. There's a there's a big difference between Jake Roberts and I, mean, I don't want to name Jim a name. Pa- Jim, I know uh, we're all, well, we're uh, all going to name someone. I don't want to blow it. Yeah, that's probably yeah. well. That's fine. I that's did. a good example. There's a huge difference between Jim Powers and Jake Roberts. So it's not fair that you say they're superstars and everybody else. Because what are the superstars? Well, Hogan, then, Savage at the time. Then you're then uh, you're going back on your word. Warrior. Well, yeah. I mean, you could. I mean, you could even argue that Jake the Snake is a superstar, even if he didn't win a title, because he. he I would say it. he absolutely is. Yeah. Superstar. So so that's the thing. You, when you achieve superstar status, there's superstars and there's everybody else. We can argue with Jake the Snake is a superstar or not, and I don't. I don't even have to have the argument that he is. That's fine. I, I totally agree. And he didn't win a title. Some people think titles matter to that. I don't. I don't think so, especially not in the rock and wrestling era. But. I think there are superstars and there's everyone else because Coco Beware, he doesn't fall that far from the tree to say a Jim Powers. I know we're going to keep using that, but, you know, as, well, as an it, example. Right. And and here and the thing is, I think it's different times. The uh, the difference between what people think enhancement talent is what Jess was saying earlier, like enhancement, enhancement talent was one step up for prelims where they fed into um people uh, there's no prelims anymore or there's no enhancement talent kind of anymore but back in their day there might have been these yeah, different like my, levels my, but yeah like the, and may, maybe we're confusing enhance maybe actually maybe that proves my point more is that enhancement talent is prelims and it dave dave is right th- with the everybody else category that makes sense to me too no yeah i mean I, it's and we if no one understands prelims that that our term growing up we're going to still use it and then it became cool to say jobber, I think from job squad. I'm not sure when we first heard a job or jobber, but that became like a little wink, wink. Hey, if anybody um, played Tyson's punch out and saw glass Joe, this is what we're talking about. Glass right? Joe's a <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Come on. But come on. Uh, he was one. Is, he was one win. Ninety nine losses. We all know about glass Joe. Yeah. Right? And uh, 
We every Saturday mornings, that's all we had. We had a couple of decent uh, competitive matches every week. When we saw our stars build and we saw our feuds uh, build in the, the heyday of the WWF and WCW kind of NWA, what was the weekend wrestling? It was all to get people to go see um, the house shows and go pay for the pay-per-views. It was building these guys and they off the backbone of local guys that became national guys that were farmer tans that were every week, the same guy getting crushed. This is what we're talking about. And we, we almost saw these guys but, more than we did the superstars every week. And we salute you. There, we and, and my, my su- yes, we do. And my subdivision is there were professional prelims. We're going to name some big <laughs> fucking heavy hitting prelims right now that are like, these names like are fucking superstar. Really, we prelims. love them. We love them. They're on, they're on our list. They, of prelims. they mean as much to the prelim division as Hulk Hogan meant to the everybody else. Whoa, are, whoa, that whoa. Some of these names that, that, that we're going to drop on you are fucking legendary yeah. prelims. They're professional goddamn Go and, and go back so, and check them out. Seriously, do them a justice. You, you should go back. They're buy an fun, and You're you really can sure. find all their stuff on. Everyone we're mentioning, there's got to be clips on them on YouTube. I found most of them. Uh, so, Craig, I'm going to hit you up, Craig. Who Name me a favorite huh? prelim of yours. Who's your first? We're going to start slow. Bear with us, guys. If you're like, I don't understand this. Do not turn away. It gets better. And we were going to understand. We're going to we're going to build up to the guys who we're going to tell some great stories about. But my um, my goal here was to we're talking a lot of WWF guys. And I think this is very regional when we're talking. I I grew up on superstars. Uh, So a lot of my choices are WWF um, guys. I wanted to include someone from the other side. And uh, this is a WCW guy that I different, remember. Right. Like the other side yeah. was kind of different. I mean, and what well, actually, I should ask you, what time period are you talking about on the other side? Because th- that is important. Once the Monday Night War started, prelims right. were different. Then it there wasn't just squash prelims. matches. Yes. I think maybe that's when they graduated to enhancement talent. huh? Like because like they were featured every week. So go ahead. Sorry, I don't mean to cut. Yes. You. Go ahead. Yes. So uh, this guy stood out to me in WCW era as kind of a jobber but to jess's point he had little flashes of not jobber where he was kind of competitive and it wasn't just that guy already in the ring he hands us that it doesn't wear that jacket he doesn't get music he just gets the living shit kicked out of him um but my guy is a guy named jerry flynn and he stood out to me because he has a really really uh goofy um kind of um uh, bob holly almost um like kind of face <laughs> Can but you he see Jerry Flynn the way? Is, is he on the we screen? can and that's yes we he's not him. giving justice to, to his goofiness right now look because at this him. is look a at gimmick him. where he's a karate guy but he's a guy that <laughs> when he walked to the ring he had an intensity and he really thought he was going to win every single match and high-fived and then was uh, jawing at the fans and everything but he he um he always stands out as a guy that we laughed at him and we laughed at his face to his face every monday night um and then we just watched him kind of get destroyed and then he had a cup of coffee in a heel stable <laughs> he, um, he, 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 I think he had another little bit of a mid rise. So not a, a true, but he was a guy, you know, walking down the aisle first in a was going to get his ass kicked and on, on the, on the WCW side. No. And I bring that up, uh, because, and I said, what I said earlier was, yeah, when the Monday night war started, the industry changed. So you, d- they didn't really do the prelims anymore. The already in the ring guys, which is a perfect mm. phrase that you just said. Cause we, still, we say <laughs> that all the time. In the ring, the yeah. We say that yeah. all the time and laugh. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, they, they graduated during the Monday night wars. The already in the ring guys kind of went away and because everything was live every week. And then you had to have the, I guess this is when prelims maybe matured to enhancement talent. Then you had the enhancement talent guys like him coming out and, and doing their thing every week. And we kind of knew them. 
they had music and stuff, but they lost all the time. Like, but yeah, he that's really funny. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Jerry Flynn, I think he uh, he was beat by Goldberg, I think, eight of his 160 times in the very beginning. Um, <laughs> oh, there's an opening for Flynn. Goldberg missing in the corner. He's going to have trouble getting 62 here, it looks like. Well, Flynn has had a little more success oh! against him than most. Kicked him right in the yeah. But Dave, uh, God Dave, bless you. Uh, who's, I hope he's your, okay. uh, who's your guy? My my first pick, and I I just I started going through and researching, and I just laughed because <clears throat> what does wrestling not do if try to rip off anything that's good? Um, I don't know. Rocky's pretty good, right? You know that, that, was, <laughs> that was good. That was a good movie. Um, maybe we should rip that shit off. Um, and I'm talking about <laughs> the Italian Stallion, um, a gentleman who's not even Italian, by the way. But he had Italy on the back of his boxers. <laughs> Look at that. That's a great Wait, picture. He wasn't a powering That's hilarious. William Regal full Nelson. That's oh, great. it's Regal in the back. Yeah, I should have known. Him. I should have told by the by the gel that it was Regal <laughs> in the back. Um, the stallion, also known as Gary, uh, I think it's Sabah, is he wrestled in WCW and uh, under Crockett Promotions. He wrestled there for over twenty years. Believe it or not. Um, He's also served as an advisor and stunt double on the infamous wrestling sitcom Learning the Ropes, which I just read. Shut up. No, we did not. I'm reading the notes here, which is exactly as bad as you could imagine. That's what it says. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Even worse, uh, he moved into a training uh, role, opening a wrestling school in the Carolinas, uh, which, by the way, the graduates from his school is R-Truth and the Hardy Boys. How about that? His opponent from Naples, Italy, at 261 pounds, the Italian Stallion. The Italian Stallion facing Lord Stephen Regal. That's okay. That's a legit. Uh, I remember cool him category. a lot. I want to say I know for sure I remember him on NWA slash WCW a ton. Yes. Um, Did a lot of Crockett I, work. Yeah. For some odd reason. I don't know why I think that he was in WWF too. Maybe he was. They would trade a lot of enhancement talents. Yeah. I think they would like bounce it too. back and forth. We probably saw him out there. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. What do you got, Jess? What do you right, got, well, buddy? Okay. <laughs> My pitch is going to be small. But um, so this guy here, he was actually involved in demolitions. I well, First of all, he was involved. He was uh, often used. But um, he was involved in Demolition's first ever like kind of feud. When Demolition first debuted, they uh, I don't think they debuted against this guy, but they debuted against somebody uh, that you've all heard before. And his name is Brady Boone in this midget picture I'm showing right now. Yeah. And Brady Boone actually went on to become Battle Cat. For those people who remember that failed gimmick oh. in 1991. Oh, no, he, I did not he was know that. First, yeah, he was the first guy under the Battle Cat gimmick. And... Uh, so I remember him a lot on Saturday Morning Wrestling and Wrestling Challenge, Superstars Wrestling Challenge, but he was part of Demolition's first feud. So Demolition first debuted, mm. uh, and they needed their first feud. So they feuded with Ken Patera and um, uh, Billy Jack Haynes. So Brady Boone was from Portland, Oregon, and so was Billy Jack Haynes, which they never made the correlation. But Demolition fought Brady Boone and another prelim guy, beat him down, and then kept attacking Brady Boone afterwards. And out come... Billy Jack Haynes and Ken Patera to stop demolition and kind of start a feud with them. And the whole thing they said was like, what made you guys come out? And Billy Jack Haynes was like, Brady Boone's my cousin. 
So because they just made that correlation, Brady Boone never actually got the revenge on Demolition. It was Ken Patera and Billy Jack Haynes. But they used Brady Boone to boost that feud. And that was it for Brady Boone. He went back to losing every week. I think they're going to retire Billy Jack Haynes' cousin here. Now, this is ridiculous. They won the match. Look at this. They go for a third one. Brady Boone just pummeled. So, uh, yeah, that's I just I had to pick him because I remember him wrestling every single week and, and he would lose all the time. But he would try. He would get some offensive move, moves in here and there. And he was late 80s, early 90s for sure in WWF. And then he put the Battle Cat costume on and then he left and somebody else took the Battle Cat character over. Not that that's relevant because that character was awful. Um but that's my story of Brady Boone. I really uh, I remember him for some odd reason. I, I have fond memories of uh, Brady Boone was every single week um, yes. on Superstars. You would uh, you see him and look behind. He has a decent body behind you. Like you're going to see the story of some of these guys. Like, why didn't they make it? Like, did they just kind of get stuck in their position? They worked hard. They had good bodies. They weren't necessarily these farmer tan like beer belly guys that just got destroyed. So he just looks like he could be a legit guy. They don't have yeah. it, Craig. They don't have it. Whatever the you're right. is. So that was the first round, Craig. What's your? Who's your second guy? Do you have a second? So pick? now, so so we had a little taste. We got our whistles there, and now it's time to talk about oh. the Godfather of I think of <laughs> preliminary wrestlers. And he's a guy, and he's actually yeah, Dave uh, is looking right behind him. He was fortunate at one point to actually have Bobby Heenan as a manager. So is what is he? How can he be a preliminary jobber if he had Bobby Heenan as a manager? And I think this was his the gift that the company kind of gave him, and had the peak and apex of his kind of career. But he was a guy that was with the company for decades. And yeah. he was a guy that was trusted enough to be put in there with the greenest of the green to make them look good on Saturdays. Like it wasn't just a, a local guy that was paid to just take a devastating finisher and get his butt beat. He this was man also was on the a guy road with them every week. To carry guys who were green and monsters to build them. And that is Steve Lombardi, Brooklyn Brawler, Abe Knuckle Ball Shorts, Kim Chi. And the red knight and yeah, occasionally joint the clown. He's so, so fucking I, confident. Look at his face. He's got yeah, better I mean, pictures than no you, by the way. Being like, that he, confident. I, we were talking about before. He's a professional prelim. How is he not? He is yes. a professional yeah. fucking prelim slash. And he was a promo coach towards after he stopped wrestling in the ring. He was a promo coach for guys too. Like he was he was yeah. a big part of backstage for a long time. How many years did you say, Craig? I think he, I read somewhere it was 30 years with the company. I, it's 70, yes. At least 17 wrestling and wrestling, wrestling yeah. uh, as a prelim. 17. Yeah, 83 I mean, to 2000, he was in ring. And that, and that was one of the few well-known feuds where they tried to get Red Rooster over was to use the Brooklyn Brawler to do that. So, um, again, you can argue about. And he was Brooklyn Brawler time, after but. Steve Lombardi. But, yeah, I remember him late 80s. And, yeah. uh, you know, as Steve Lombardi, and then he became the Brooklyn Brawler to feud with the yeah. Rooster, and he managed him for a while. So, yeah, yeah like, yeah. He, he was Steve Lombardi to me first, what for sure. Yes. From the top rope. That is a new move I've ever seen out of the Brooklyn Brawler, yeah, the dude. former Steve Lombardi. Bobby Heenan, big smile on his face. Here is your winner, the Brooklyn Brawler. Look at that, McMahon. He and he was also, like, when he was Brooklyn Brawler, he also got 10 minutes at house shows to almost kick off the card. So that guy had to put on a decent match on a house show, not just five minutes he on television. Everybody that they were testing when Owen Hart was the blue blazer. I remember yeah. they toured together. Steve Lombardi and the blue blazer. 
Um, and then he, everybody else too, that like he got in there with it. Steve Lombardi yeah. was the barometer for everybody. Yes. That got in there. But well said, get these guys over and they let were me testing know what you Paul think Roma of them. I remember there was a house show looper. Paul Roma took on the Brooklyn brawler or Steve Lombardi at the time. Yeah. In the beginning, in the opening, sh- opening yeah. match of every house show. Like they were just working yeah. things out, getting good at what they do. Yeah. Bra- we love you, Steve. Like the, this the, is, yeah, res- yeah seriously. Yeah. Like, you. The brawler gives and you I mean, care you know, it sounded like a joke, but he, that's a goddamn Hall of Fame Hulk Hogan esque yeah. to the enhancement talent. Uh, he's a yeah. he's a heavy hitter, man. When it comes to freedom wrestlers, in he's the words a goddamn of Kurt Russell, American icon, he's a goddamn the, American professional. In the words of <laughs> Kurt Russell in Backdraft, that's my brother. Goddamn it! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, we, Craig, we, that was we love two. Us. Craig's uh, Craig had some. Pretty solid choices. Yeah, you're, you're, coming out, good you're, coming out sw- you're coming out swinging, buddy. But Dave, the Italian you. style was not bad. Dave, give me a second one. Redeem yourself. God damn it. Even though I do yeah. like the Italian style. <laughs> Redeem yourself. Because Craig's, uh, Craig's two in a row right now. I, I you know, I got I got one for you. And, and I'll try to bring in the, the younger kids a little bit with when we go. Gilberg. Gilberg. We're talking about Dwayne Gill. Uh, obviously, most people recognize him as Gilbert, but he was a jobber for several years yes. before that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that picture, that's just phenomenal, right? Um, that's the actually popularity, he, by the way. Uh, that was yeah, that was the peak of his career. He was the it was it was the peak, but there was something that came close. He actually was you know working with uh, the Attitude Era as the job with the Job Squad. Actually, won ah. the WWE Light Heavyweight Title for yeah, Christian. Yeah, I remember that. Not many people were really? happy about that. Um, and, and then he evolved to that ridiculous parody act of Gilbert, where his entrances were longer than his matches that he never won. And that's, <laughs> yeah, he got his, he, got his, he was really an unsung hero of the prelim area back then, because I remember him all the just time. Took it, he just took it uh, and owned it, though. He but when he became it. Gilbert, yeah. it was their shot to make fun of Goldberg. And like that was like his biggest moment, man. Yeah, yeah. good for him. I would have done to it. To Jess's point. Like I love, I, th- I think I love this episode, and I love telling the tales of these guys because if I have said it a million times on this podcast, I love underdogs. So they, to, the way that Dwayne Gill started, and I, I believe I can see him like a singlet and full mullet and that mustache <laughs> and beard, and he was there every Sunday, and he was always sure, skinny, not, always yeah. undersized. To see him then get some notoriety a little bit later on, and with Gilbert, he must have just truly enjoyed that moment, like. Kudos to him, but Dwayne Gill before that was just a guy that got killed on on set, but but did an amazing job each and every week uh, making guys better, being the enhan- enhancement talent, I guess, that he is. So it, it's a good choice. Yep. Very good. All right, so I got to try to uh, stand top that, Jess. I don't know. <laughs> um, let's see. I would say I'm going to go. I'm torn. Uh I'm going to have to go with a lot. People may not know these people. And I think it's ridiculous because like we would actually call each other this when we were younger. When, <laughs> oh my God. When okay, we would do we something go. that was, that was not good. We would call them. We'd be like, yeah, whatever mulk. Because <laughs> we're referring to the mulky brothers, um, which it, people may not <laughs> recognize these guys. They were famous because they were a tag team in the, in the NWA in the Crockett promotion, oh. probably in other areas too. But they look never at those won. Stupid they, thumbs up and finger pointing. And look oh at those soft God. bodies; they're ridiculous. Like there's no ch- how are they pro wrestlers? Um, 
But like, didn't we yeah, all they, didn't we all have blazers like that they, too when we wrestled? In all the, prelims had the to have this. Well, Arn Anderson wore it, forever, but most for the most part, like prelims wore this. And he's that the exception to the rule. Right. Goddamn it, he is. I'm not. I didn't mean to offend you right there. Um, <laughs> So they never won, and it was a thing, and they built on it and built on it. And one week, they actually won a match against another relatively prelimish team, and they ran around the ring and acted like they won, like, the world titles. And it was the <laughs> best thing ever, and uh, Crockett took a shot at Hulk Hogan back here because they called it Mulky Mania, and they were milked it, and they never won again, by the way. The next week, they went right back to losing. But their big thing that they would always cling on was we're winners. We want a match. And I always will remember the Mulkey brothers because like we would all call each other growing up. Well, yeah, whatever Mulk, Joe, Derek Mulk. and I would always and, and call each other that, all, especially Joe would be like, whatever Mulkey, like and we would say all the time. Yeah. So I have to bring them into the conversation because like I uh, I remember these guys like and it was just really Fan funny. And it, good. Fantastic choice, Jess. And then you just reminded me not only was in our lexicon and I'm going to do a spoiler alert and, uh, and go into our history here. We are also drama nerds. And so we did a what? bunch of drama and plays together and we had a little ritual before each and every show oh, I fucking as some forgot kind of drama people this. usually do. And it involved chanting. I'm not going to give the whole thing away because it's very secret, but it involved chanting I and kind of being together and spitting. And then part of the chant was Mulky Prelim, Mulky Prelim, Mulky Prelim, Mulky Prelim that we would say five times as part of the chant. And we did that I, through our formative wow. years, every high school show. I no, I don't know how I forgot about that, but I totally, wow. Wow. Phenomenal. I totally forgot about that shit. Wow. What a, that just yeah. took me uh, back right now. Holy shit. Mulky Prelim, Mulky Prelim. So right before y'all went you, on, Mulky yes, Prelim, Mulky Prelim, Mulky Prelim, Polish Sausage. We would always end with Polish Sausage. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, man. Wow. I didn't know that. I did not remember that. Yeah. Whoa. Holy smokes. Wow. Shit. Thank you, well, Mulkies. <laughs> so much out. out. Well, oh, that, that's God. that's it. We we, we just well, need to stop here. <laughs> yeah, Craig, go ahead. Give me your third choice. We'll do three choices total. Craig, Soy your choice. choice. Your final okay. choice. This has to be your home run. This is not fair because I was asked first, and so I believe that this would have been. This is the draft. I think this is the number one draft pick of most people. And yeah, this if, is a testament. Yeah. I go ahead, Jeff. No, I, mean, I was going to say, if, if anything beats Steve Lombardi, this might do it. Yeah. I don't want to give away because, that I know who you're going to pick, but I'm doing production for this episode, which is probably obvious. So, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say if anybody tops Steve Lombardi, this might be it. Because he's a guy that made even in he got himself over even as a prelim, which is very, very hard to do. He's a guy that like. You turn your head when you watched him. You stared at like because he was very impressive, very tanned. He had a black like forearm elbow band and he had no matter what you were doing on your time on Saturday mornings, every single move, you would just hear like grunting from this guy from the TV every single move or chop or punch when he tried to do. I'm talking to Iron Mike Sharp and he if you once you see his picture, it will bring back memories of your childhood. He was the guy in the ring. Um, big, tall, impressive looking. Just but like he was Steve known... Lombardi, by the way. Look at how proud his fucking face is. 
Like he yes. was so, and he did not wear, he has one of his arms taped and the other one is where that black uh, a cover went on. And apparently yeah. somebody caught him off guard here and they're like, just take a picture. He's like, fuck, I don't have my black thing, but whatever. Like, and he took it anyway, because he purposely didn't tape his right arm here because he wore that black brace. He seriously and looks he, like the guys on Family Guy that are like the in shape, out of shape guys. He's oh, yes. oh, got to be the, the holy grail of prelim wrestlers. He's got to be. He's not letting you in that he's going to lose. He thinks he's badass. He yeah. thinks he's a he's a level champion. But he was it's obvious when it, when you see him move and when you hear and, him go, oh, and, and, and don't oh, don't forget, oh, he's, he's, he's also right. got great hair, which is a plus. Fantastic yeah. hair. And yes. is Iron Mike Sharp the guy that was known as a germaphobe in the in, from yes. people's books in the bathroom? I was going to bring that up. Yes, he was a germaphobe. Hulk Hogan wrote about it in his book, and, and other people have talked about it. He would go in the back after matches, and he would shower endlessly. Like, he would be the last wrestler out of the locker room until the janitors kicked him out. He would go and shower, and he'd bring his own bars of soap, and he would scrub and scrub and scrub and scrub and scrub, like, all the time. He was a, germ- a legit germaphobe, and so he would have to scrub himself ceremoniously with a certain different bars of soap every time. So he would use a bar of soap, lather himself down, wash himself off, get a new bar of soap, will lather himself down with that, put that down, wash himself off, get another bar of soap and do it. And he would do it over and over again. Hulk Hogan, I want to say there was a chapter on Iron Mike Sharp in his book about how he was compulsive like that. It's it's insane. It's that's, great. It's the best. Story. That's sad. Like and the profession that he chose was locking up and sharing Touching blood, men. sweat and yeah. spit with yeah. other men for Twenty maybe, minutes maybe at a time. Some tears, possible. <laughs> That's right, Dave. Thank you. Yeah, maybe maybe some that. It could it could be there. Thank you, Iron yeah. Mike Sharp. God bless you. Yeah. I don't know, Dave. Pick. Do you have somebody that can even top this, or are we? Yeah, do you have a third? You know what? I I I think you you will never agree with me, but I think my guy tops anything you are going to bring to the table. But that's all right. Yeah, calm that's down. Cool. Hey, yeah, old, I, I will not calm down. Um, because Jim Powers, if he didn't calm down. You know he what? Won a lot more matches, by the that's... way. Did you say Jim Powers? Jim Powers, baby. That's no. my guy. That's Jim a Powers solid, is a breeze. Look at this guy. Look his at the chunk look, of like his nipples look strong here. I don't know. Look why. at the yeah. chunk ability. I mean, look at look at the body. Look at the hair. Look at the ability. When when Jim Powers got the chance to actually walk down to the ring with music, the crowd went nuts. Here's here's what's interesting about Jim Powers. Did he lose most of the time? Absolutely, which brings him into that enhancement talent category. But Jim Powers always got a lick in. Jim Powers was always able to to entertain the fans. And I'm telling you, this is what's weird, because there were times on Saturday morning wrestling where I would see a prelim in the ring, and I would see Jim Powers getting called down to the ring. I'm like, Jim Powers is going to win today. Jim Powers! Isolation for Jimmy Powers. He'll have his work cut out for him here against the Warriors. And I got really excited about it. And I I can't explain that. But it, it, there's something about somebody like Jim Powers. Like, why can't they just give him one? Why can't yeah. you? Why can't Jim Powers just get one? But here's what's interesting about it. I, I looked up some stats about Jim Powers' win-loss record. And you know what? <laughs> <laughs> this Dave's is interesting. right now to pushing this over the top. I love it. Jim Powers won 22% of his matches, which is a lot more than I thought he would actually That's have won. That's a high-ranking pre That's bullshit. I have or I'll send you the link. I will send you. I'll send you the link. Right? You know what, what, though? I, I guess here. career all-time before well, you get on television, right? Maybe. They're, they're tapings. Yeah, they're tapings. And they're probably trying to push him, see who, you know. Hey, go out there career, with so That's a career so. record? 
of Jim Powers' career record? Yeah, non non pay per view record. Pay per view, he career won record? two matches and lost four <laughs> matches on pay per view. So yeah. Oh, okay. So the, the pay per view stats are taken out of there. Okay, for Jim correct. Yeah, because he only wrestled six pay per views <laughs> in his entire career. Um, but yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I I find that fascinating that he won a lot, almost almost twenty five percent of his matches, which that you would normally that would normally be the case for. Well, and I want to explain that really quick too. When I was doing research for this, you can actually go on Wikipedia and they actually list all the ma- the big name prelims in alphabetical order at one page. I don't remember. And uh, on it was the Young Stallions. And I was like, I kind of disagree with that because when they were brought in, they actually did win matches and they were one of the surviving teams at the first ever Survivor Series tag team matches in 87. So young uh, young stallions, I don't view them as prelims per se. That I guess they were because they lost all the big matches, but they wouldn't like on house shows. They would defeat uh, other teams, like you know mishmash teams. You know, like uh, I can't even think of someone off the top of my head. But um, they would they would they were featured for a while. But then when they broke off, obviously, yes, Jim Powers became more of a prelim enhancement talent. But so the twenty two percent doesn't necessarily surprise me. But I'm wondering if they include the Young Stallions in that. That's, that's a good question. Yeah. And this is a very important because I'm about to throw some controversy in here. If Ooh. you have entrance music, if the Young Stallions had uh, entrance music, right? If you have yes. entrance music, are you a prelim? <clears throat> You can still be. Okay. I would say. It's okay. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's after a certain uh, point, you know, you're point. absolutely right. It depends on the time period, right? But it's like on on I love early their 90s music, by superstars. Wait, well, you, you loved what? Their theme music? I loved the Young Sunny theme music. <laughs> Is it Girls in Cars? No, Girls in Cars was Strike Force. That's right. But Sorry. It was. Uh, don't worry. Just I, it was somebody it. else. I don't remember the name of it, but Jimmy Hart sang it, I'm pretty sure. <clears> right. That's, really, that's what I'm saying. It was on you didn't know was it was someone him. else's music. It was like rip it up, pull it yes. out. Yes! Oh my god! I, That's I, what it was. I'm sure I got the the words wrong, but it was something that was the tune of it. Off the same, yes. <laughs> and Jim, I want to say Jimmy Hart sang the tune, but nobody they didn't telegraph it. It's either it, it's either tear it up, rip it up. Yeah, uh, tear tear it up, wrap it up, pull <laughs> uh, me out. Okay. I have no idea what that means. Someone stall. I'm gonna I'm gonna Google. <laughs> no, but going. I just want to say about Jim Powers. Jim Powers had an amazing body. Yeah. Yeah. Is this we are cruising the street looking for some action? Yeah. Yes. Looking for some action. Had the radio playing on my rock and roll station. So three hot ladies down my Yes. Here comes the chorus. And that's there is no doubt that that is it's that is Jimmy Hart. Up. That is it's no doubt. Awful. What a genius! He's I so love it. gosh darn talented, Jimmy Hart. And Thank I just want to say that I remembered all those lyrics offhand, by the way. They were in the you memory. Did. I was ahead of the right. lyrics. Right in the noggin. Right in the noggin. I had to say right we were cruising the streets. And once I heard we were cruising the streets, I was like, we're obviously looking for some action at that point. Yeah, <laughs> that's, 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 that's. We're going to have a radio playing <laughs> with our yeah. favorite rock and roll tune. They try. They try to put those. Good job, Dave. Me. Good job, Jim Powers. You are the oh, captain. Shit. All right. So yes. I am the captain I'm now. I'm totally going to take a cheap shot and I have, I'm fine with it. Um, Whoa. Whoa. No one can say that this was their favorite prelim until after they watched a popular documentary. And then after that, <laughs> we won our fucking hearts over. No, um, you can't pull before, this card, I would yes. say the Iron Mike Sharps of the world, the Steve Lombardi's, the Jim Powers even, um, you know, are, are ranked above this guy for sure. But he became our favorite yes. prelim. And, you know, he has since passed on. 
But I want to tell you right now. Was he, was he booked? He's motherfucking booked in heaven. I guarantee that shit. <laughs> oh, shit. And his name is Dennis Stamp. Uh, oh, look at, so oh, look at that. Oh, that's a great picture. Dennis Stamp oh. was the prelim enhancement. From Amarillo, Texas, Dennis Stamp. Yes, he was. He was a prelim in the AWA. He was a prelim uh, in NWA territories, which included uh, the Texas area. Uh, he is famous for being. I'm not booked in the. That's a whole <laughs> perm. Beyond right the there. Matt documentary on the Terry Funk series, he ended up refing. Uh, I want you referee me and Brett. It's my last match. It's my last and, match, um, which which is not. If it's you not. haven't checked that out, I'm sure I'm going to put some footage in. Of him not. on the trampoline is funny and sad all at the same time in the documentary. So he is. You gotta, you gotta gotta stand Jess, you got to stay and in I'm, shape, my I'm friend. I'm willingly going to say right now, like it's not fair to to say that he's the greatest prelim. He became the greatest prelim prelim ever because of his fame from the documentary. But the I'll Iron Mike Sharps, the Jim Powerses, the Stephen Lombardis, those are really like the holy grails of prelims. But Dennis Stamp. I took a cheap shot because you guys, your guys' picks were way better than mine. So I had to come in with something strong. And everybody knows Dennis Stamp. And also, I Craig love me some Dennis Stamp. What'd you say? I love me some Dennis Stamp. Craig talked Absolutely. about this too. Type in on YouTube Dennis Stamp Titantron, and you will fucking laugh for hours. And they have a loop where they loop it for an hour. Holy shit. Like, it's the funniest thing ever. Uh, Dennis he's, Stamp, he's the, rest in peace. I love the amazing. Guy. He makes yeah. Beyond the Mat. He's such a highlight. Uh, he is the perfect example of a guy that doesn't know it's over, and a guy that, that believes his own gimmick. Like where Bret Hart was the guy that believed his own bullshit and believed his own gimmick too Brett much. Dennis Stamping at that level believed and still thought like the importance of himself, which I think you have to have that some kind of confidence to make it in the wrestling business even just a step in the ring for the first time. Um, but like just kudos to all these guys, by the way, like we're, we're, we're having a good laugh and we're having a rib, but God bless Dennis stamp to allow himself to be filled. And I, what the story that he tells in beyond the map, I cannot stress the importance of prelim slash enhancement talent. I cannot stress yeah. how they, when they revamped raw a couple years ago, they tried to bring him back for a while and they gave up on it. You know, it's not all about quarter ratings, right? It doesn't have to be anymore. The Monday Night War is done. So you don't have to be. If your quarter ra hourly rating dips because you put a prelim on, the prelim is there to further the enhancement of the star you're trying to build. It's so important. I remember everything. And it was because I was young. But I think even if I was older, I remember prelim wrestlers because you got to see a wrestler that may never beat the superstars like Coco Beware, like mid-card wrestlers like that. But they would beat the prelim, so you would see their moveset. I knew Coco Beware did a dropkick, amazing dropkick from the top rope. I knew Coco Beware did an yes. awesome brainbuster. You would thousand never percent. that. Without these enhancement talent guys, the know. Brady Boons, the fucking Steve Lombardis that Coco did those moves to, to lose to the Warlord and the Boss Man and all the <laughs> other guys. But sure. that's it's what these the prelim was like the third tier of wrestler. Dave talked about it earlier. You have the superstars. And in my opinion, you have the mid carters right after that. And then you have this prelim slash enhancement talent that helped the mid because when I watched a mid carter wrestle, I knew he wasn't going to beat Macho Man or Hogan or the Warrior or whatever. But when you have the mid card guys like uh, Coco Beware, I just keep going back to him because to me, he's the most famous mid carter for the most part. Um, when you have him beat 
the other guys I just talked about, the Iron Mike Sharps, the, all those guys, you still thought maybe he can beat Rick Rude. No, just kidding. You can't. But you thought <laughs> for a second. And that's the importance of prelims <laughs> and enhancement talents. And so I, I miss these guys. These guys so, are important. They should be around today. And they're not because wrestling's so quarter hour this and this and that. And it doesn't have to be that way. These guys are missed. Uh, we were talking about some heavy hitters. I, I said, Iron Mike Sharp, are you, are you joking? Steve yeah. Lombardi, are you Fantastic. joking? Jim Powers, are you joking? Like those guys are they I'm yeah. t- they're the Hulk Hogan prelims, man. Like they're the yeah. best yeah. and we and need if, them and miss them. If the world slowed down like it was back here because they bought the time on Saturday mornings, it was to sell not I mean more necessarily when WWE came national, became bigger than that. It sold, you're selling them on a national level. But a lot of these guys buying TV time, it was to sell the local events. It was to sell these storylines regionally. And you could, to Jess's point, you didn't give a shit about quarter hours. You didn't need to go, go, go. Right. You no, could build that. and slow build because Saturday morning, it, yeah. it was cartoons and wrestling and car commercials and crap and old, yep. like, Three <laughs> Stooges episodes. You and what your monster trucks. Don't don't, yeah. don't forget the little rascals. Little rascals, all this and stuff. And don't forget in my, in my market, Soul Train was on before. <laughs> so my, my childhood is train. flooding back, and I hope everyone yeah. listening to this, their childhood is flooding back. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, I, slow down. It wasn't about who gives it to who gives a crap if it didn't rate that five three. You enjoyed yeah, it and you laughed and then you went to Sean Mooney in the event center and then you watched. I don't care. I don't care Horosuka. how pushed he is, if he's universal champion or whatever. I need to see Braun Strowman uh, assault someone <laughs> on my television. Yes. For, 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 for two minutes or three minutes to just remind me that he's a monster. Um, yes. I need that. You need that. Build Everybody it. needs that. The product needs that. And Braun Strowman's character needs that. And it, it, it's just such a missing part of wrestling that has gone yeah. away and nobody really thought it's like the manager. It's a lost art, right? A yeah. manager. I, I miss art. it. This is making yeah. me the super nostalgic. Or, or valet, yeah, at that yeah. point. So are are you talking about this Dennis Stamp Titantron? Yes. <laughs> oh god. And the the visual of this is him jumping on a trampoline <laughs> in a spurs with him kind of walking with buckets. There's another one, Dave, that actually has the audio from him. Like it, it's that same song, but like in the middle, the song pauses and it goes, I'm not booked. Down, down, down. It's fucking great. It's great. Oh, that's so, so well, I mean, there was no really like firm rules to this episode, so I hope it, it came off right. I hope everybody enjoyed it. But this uh, it did. Everyone did. They told me I did. And that's all I care about. Yeah, right. <laughs> Fuck everybody else. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a okay. shit. Someone needs to create a. A music video compilation of Sarah McLaughlin. I will remember you with prelims getting <laughs> oh, prelims getting really? destroyed for four minutes. Make yeah. it happen, America and internet. Thank you. Don't Sorry, Jess, I interrupted you. That's good. No, stuff. that's fine. No, hit us up on Instagram at owp2018. Click on Linktree. You can find us on several platforms, including Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. But don't forget. We are now part of the Wrestle Hub family, all about wrestling podcasts. I guess, Catch even them. though they don't do shit for us, but go on. Oh, I know we're going to take that down. At the Wrestle Hub on YouTube and Instagram. Your days are numbered, Wrestle Hub, you pricks. <laughs> Shots fired, um, Wrestle Hub. You fucks. Do something. Advertise. I'm, I'm going to say it every week. Your days are numbered, Wrestle Hub, yeah. you pricks. That's going to be the at yeah. the end of the day. Shit. Do something for us now or risk being pulled from the best <laughs> podcast ever about wrestling. Yeah. So. This is Dave, Jess, and Craig with the OWP signing off.
Have a good one.